Praise the Lord. Come and see all the great clam offering. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we're excited about you today. Praise God. Why don't you turn to someone and just give them a high five. Tell them it's great to be together in the house of God. Ho. Oh. Praise the Lord. Wow, this is awesome. I just love it. Man, I just wept in the music tonight. Isn't that team awesome? Why don't we give our worship team just and Kate a great appreciation. What an awesome team you are. Man, I just appreciate it so much just to be able to have uh, praise and expressions of God like that. It's just, just uh, so hard to find wherever you go. And we need to really appreciate what we have just because of what it brings into the atmosphere around our life. Most people don't understand atmospheres, but... You know, you can have music, and music just can entertain you or sound nice to your ear. Or you can have music which brings an atmosphere of the presence of God and lifts oppressions off lives. And that's unique and hard to find because it takes anointed men and women to do it. And I just value very highly the musicians that we have. I value Kate and the work you do. It's just tremendous, and we appreciate it so much. Isn't that right, Ian? Hard to find it wherever you go. Hey, man, call. let's give them all a clap and appreciate them, eh? Fantastic. Well, we're going to have a great youth camp this weekend, so anyone who's young or young at heart will want to be there, because Matt's a great guy, Matt Fielder, you'll enjoy him immensely. And the following week, you're going to enjoy uh, David Hogan. Uh, he's just an uh, amazing, amazing person. He's, his missionary journeys make everyone else's just look like a little kid's play. And uh, he just really goes, he's, uh, he works in the jungles of, uh, of Mexico, uh, among the tribal people there, lives constantly in danger of being killed. And, uh, but he's a man of tremendous faith and boldness and a uh, man of prayer. And, uh, you know, you have to trek into where he goes on a horseback. There's no four-wheel drives or planes. Or where you've got to really get in. It's right out in the back blocks. Very, very hard. Uh, uh, risk constantly of uh, uh, sicknesses and animals and uh, gorilla uh, death. Uh, and so he's just an amazing guy. There's I heard quite a number of the stories. I'll just tell you one that just shows the kind of caliber he is. There was a whole area of uh, tribal people kept under the bondage to the local witch doctors who intimidated them. And so David uh, Hogan, when he found out about it, trekked up to the cave where the witch doctors had their altar and did their sacrifices and kept the money they'd extracted from the locals. He broke down the altar and burnt it. He stole the money, gave it out to buy Bibles for the local people. And uh, and, and, in that way, just... Uh, raised a standard against these people and challenged them to see what they could do about it. Of course, they couldn't do a thing because the power of the Word of God and the Spirit of God is far greater. Amen? Isn't that awesome? That's absolutely awesome. You're just going to love some of the stories he has to tell and uh, particularly about the first uh, person he raised from the dead. Just the most outstanding story and uh, just will just lift your faith. I know you're going to enjoy it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, what a great church we have. Awesome church. And uh, we just need to really thank God for what he's given us and, and what he's doing in our midst. Just appreciate him uh, of all, above all. Amen? Okay, once you open your Bible, I'm going to uh, just start on a new series. And I want to just, I've had this in my heart for a little while and just felt the Lord just impressing it back on me. So we're just going to, I want you to look with me in Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Encourage those of you who went there last Sunday night to get last Sunday night's uh, tape very, very good on accessing the courts of God. A good, great message by Ian. Just very, very good. So uh, I want to just begin to look at a series called Made for Dominion. Made for Dominion. And uh, we're just going to pick up one of the first principles of this uh, uh, today, and then we'll look at other aspects of it as we go. 
God's created you to be a winner. Did you know that? A winner in life. You're not, you know, anyone who says, I'm a loser, it's got sort of a bad thing about being a loser, doesn't it? Eh? Uh, to lose in life, to fail. We all fail, we all make mistakes, but that doesn't mean we can't win in the course of our life. And Paul exhorts us, he says, so run your race that you might win. God wants us to have the attitude of living life so we win. So we actually have an impact in our life affects me. I want you to read these few verses. We just want to uh, establish today that God has designed you in such a way that you are made to have dominion. You're not only designed that way, you're mandated that way. Now, when you, when you misuse something, when you, when you use something for something that was never intended, you mess it up. And uh, that's why they have a manual for things, you know. So you read the manual to find out how it works. Otherwise, you might mess it up. Anyone who's played with a computer, how easy it is to mess it up if you start to fiddle with the settings on the computer. You're very soon, you've messed it up, it doesn't work anymore, you've got to pay a lot of money to get it fixed up. And it's the same with our lives. If we mess up our lives, it takes a lot of something to fix it up. And uh, so God's given us his word and spirit so we might live a, a life that uh, has impact and is fulfilled. But look at this. Uh, in Psalm 8 and verse 3 through to 6. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you think about him? So the, the psalmist look at him and say, man, look at this. Look at all the stars. Look how big the universe is. Whoo! What is man that God continually is thinking about us? God is thinking about you all of the time. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Jeremiah 29, good thoughts. Thoughts of peace, not evil. God is thinking about you. He's planning good things for your life. Big key is how you can get those good things to be in the earth and come into your life. Now, what is the son of man that you visit him? In other words, saying, what is man that you come and you have actually visited the earth and made yourself known among him? And now look at this. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor. When God designed man, that word angels is a mistranslation. Original world is Elohim, meaning God. You have made him just a little beneath God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him. In other words, you are designed. Tell someone, they say, you're designed for dominion. You have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. You're designed for dominion. You are actually designed to win. And, and I'll show you a couple of ways. It's very easy to recognize that in our life. And uh, so we're designed for dominion. That word dominion means to prevail over, to uh, exercise dominion over, to, to have authority over, to win over something. So God has designed you to win in life. You're designed to face the challenges of life and to win. It also means to exercise government on behalf of God. Now think about that one. You have been designed to represent God in the earth and extend his kingdom. That's what you're designed for. And so if you do anything less than that, if you don't understand how to begin to connect with God and then begin to exert his influence through your life into where you are, you're actually never going to feel fulfilled. You'll find a substitute somewhere for what you're designed to do. You're designed to represent God and to bring his dominion into the earth. Now, if you can get that mentality, you're not designed to be a churchgoer. You're not. God never made you for the purposes of coming to meetings. Meetings are for a purpose of something else. Eh? Come on, and that purpose is what? That you might go and represent God and extend his interests into the earth, wherever you are. 
See, if you're in teaching, well, that's where you do it. If you're in banking, that's where you do it. If you're in the neighborhood, that's where you do it. Whatever God has gifted you in, whatever he has built into your life is to find expression to represent God and to extend his influence. Most people face life this way. They think they want life to look after them. So we we kind of have an attitude to life. I expect it to go well and I get angry if it doesn't. God's perspective is completely different. The world is in a mess. You're here to make it a better place. You're here to bring the kingdom of God, the life of God, to bear where you are. And that starts off with our personal life. We can't get victory over ourselves. We're not going to get much victory anywhere else. Okay, so dominion means uh, representing God and extending his interest. What a privilege, eh? So inbuilt into every person that's ever born, inbuilt into you. This is in your DNA. You are designed to face challenges and overcome them. It's actually in your makeup to do that. It's in your makeup. And when you read how uh, in Genesis 1 verse 28, God said, let's make man our own image. And then he gave him a mandate. So first God made man for dominion. Then he gave a mandate for dominion. He said, subdue and have dominion. In other words, there are challenges out there you will have to face. I want you to arise to the challenge Bring whatever it is you face underneath and then have an influence over it. What a great thing. Now, from the beginning, God made you this way. Secondly, he's given us a command to do this. Now, that's an interesting thing because that means instead of complaining about how bad the world is, it's up to us to actually impact the world for Christ. And once you get that mentality, then you stop thinking the church is the be-all and everything. Church is the instrument through which the purpose is fulfilled. You are the instrument through which God impacts lives. You can make a difference in someone's world. You may not change the whole world, but there's someone God made you to reach out to to impact their life. In fact, for most of us here, there's heaps of people. Isn't that right? Heaps of people. We've got heaps of people. Now I want to show you something else. I want to just give you a couple of illustrations that, 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 that uh, perhaps I've, I've shared it from the Scripture, but let me just share it out of natural life. How many of you have actually set out to do a project and then concluded the project? Say, it's either making a cake, make a garment, or build or construct something, or assemble some kit set thing, or, or done something. How many have done something like that? You've actually done something. Why, let me ask you this. When you succeeded and did it, what did you feel inside? You switch it on, it works, it's even better. <laughs> now, you, in other words, there was a tremendous sense of fulfillment when you tackled a, cha- a, a challenge and overcame it and succeeded in doing it. See, why is that? Because you were made for that. You were made for it. And God's mandated you to take on challenges within the sphere of your gifting and your calling. He's designed you for that. You're made for that. He's told you, go out and do it. Is there something out there that's in your way? Go out and subdue it. Bring it into dominion. Start to influence it and change it. Stop complaining about it. You're there to be the answer, not part of the problem. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give a lot of clap. Let's give a lot of clap. Come on. Now, let me just give you a couple of things. You, you, I want you to see that this is, you are actually, it's built into your DNA. You're built in to be a winner. You're not designed to lose. God never put you on the earth, and when he finished the mold and put you there on the earth, he said, look at that one. That one's going to lose. 
He never, he, he didn't, one, he didn't design it into you. Sin causes us to fail in many ways, but that's not what we were designed for. We're not designed for sin. We're designed to be successful in life. We're designed to go into a world which is in sin and influence it and make a difference in it. You're made to do that, and God commands you to do it. If you're not doing it, you're standing back and complaining. It's probably because you just don't know what to do, or you don't know God called you to do it, or you just decided you're going to live in a victim culture and blame the government or someone else. See, I hate victim culture. I can't stand it. I actually find I physically react when someone starts at me with a victim mode. Because we're not designed, that is an abomination. That's actually an aberration. It's like a major dysfunction when someone sits down and says, poor me, I'm powerless, I can't do anything. One, it's not true. And two, it's not what you're designed to be. It's a lie of the devil. Now, I want you to, so we see, you've seen that. Now, how many of you have watched television when New Zealand won a gold in the Olympics? And you've watched as there it is and there's number three gets up here and then number two gets up and then our man gets up and our flag goes up and there he's got the gold. It doesn't matter who the person is. I don't even remember half the people who got up, but I know every time I saw anyone from our nation get up there, number one with a gold. What did you feel? Oh, yes, that's us. Actually, tears come to your eyes because something in us is designed conquer. And when we see it, we respond often with emotion. You think about some of the movies. You think about a movie like Forrest Gump. And there's this guy and he's got these, this tremendous handicap. And then you see him break free of his handicap and win. It, somehow your emotions get affected because all of us have identified with having a lack or something wrong in our life somewhere. And to see someone like that arise and win. It stirs in us the deep-seated design of God. We're designed also to win in life. You see? It, it reminds us of things. Eh? I saw a movie a little while ago called The Very Long Engagement. I don't know when anyone saw that. It was in French, so probably a lot of people didn't see that. But it had subtitles so I can understand what was going on. But the story was this girl has, uh, had been, uh, she had polio when she was a very young girl. I met this young guy. They built a relationship together, and she fell in love. They got engaged, but he went to war, the First World War. And a report came back that he had died on the front line. And in her heart, she refused to believe he was dead. And so the story goes backwards and forwards between the First World War and what happened there and uh, her uh, getting a detective and absolutely against all opposition determining she would pursue and find out what had happened. And even when they took her to the grave and she saw the grave and on it was marked his name, she said, and everyone said, it's over, finish now. She said, in my heart, I do not believe he's dead. And she pursued and, and comes through at the end of the story, finds out he was alive and had survived the war. But the thing that creates the stir of emotions is someone against all odds arising and conquering. And you know, you've probably got lots of movies you've seen which really touched your heart, and many of them will have in it that same ingredient. Impossible odds, great injustice, and someone arose. That movie, The Power of One. I mean, the movies are full of it. What makes a good movie, or makes it really great impact, is when someone triumphs over adversity. All of us identify with that person that's faced 
put downs and setbacks and failures and impossible odds and when we see them arise it, it affects you in your heart you ever ask the question why does it affect me so it's because you're designed to win you're designed to conquer you're designed to face whatever you face and win over it that's in you you're designed that way and when you see someone else do it, it stirs in you something that you identify with very deeply because it's divine design. We are made to be winners, absolutely made to be winners. It's sin that defeats us. It's negativity that defeats us. It's wrong attitudes to beat us. It's what the devil throws at us defeats us, but not what God designed us to be. You're designed with winning in mind, with dominion in mind, representing God and extending his interests. Amen? Hey man, come on, you know it's true, isn't that true? I want to be a winner. Oh, a winner. No one likes to be part of the losing team. I remember I was in high school here at St. John's College and I was in two teams, a fifth grade team, rugby team. It was a horrible team. We lost every match. Some abysmally say you kick the ball out to create a bit of time. Oh, God, I hope this thing goes on a little. We've got to finish this game, otherwise we'll be totally disgraced by the score. It was that bad. Then I was captain of the fourth grade and we won and we beat Napier oh the glory oh yes you know the thrill of it because eh? something in us wants to win see you're designed for that so every time you're defeated you feel bad because you know that's not your destiny it's not what God made you like that's actually something you've got to correct something that can be turned around come on you can turn around your failures that's the thing we're going to find in a moment how the key to turning around our failures is coming to a life in Christ Okay? He's the greatest winner of all time. Amen. You like you want to win? Hang around winners. You want to lose? Hang around losing people. You'll pick up their attitudes and you'll absolutely do what they're doing. You will lose in life. So you want to win in life? You've got to find someone who's winning. Start to find out what they think like, what they do, how they respond. And you're going to start to find you change. It's just a matter of making. That's why we gather to church. We gather to hear stories about people who won in the Bible. We gather to hear about the victory of Christ. When we hear about what Jesus did, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You get excited about that. Say, every Easter when we, we do a, a presentation and we go through the drama and you see Jesus crucified and then we get past that and then we get to the resurrection, half the congregation leaps in the air and shouts. Because we all like to win. We're designed to win. You're made to be a winner. Losing is not an option for us. Okay, so God's plan is for you to win in life. Why don't you look with me at a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57. Of course, we'll have to define winning at some stage, but at the moment, let's just get excited about winning, okay? <laughs> you know, if you get put to death prematurely, is that winning, you know? Can I answer that? There's some tricky things in the Bible, but there's a pages full of people who won in the Bible over immense odds. Look at this. Verse 57, and he's talking about, uh, about death, and he's talking about sin, he's talking about resurrection. Verse 55, death, where's your string? Grave, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing. You and I are called to win over sin and the consequences of sin, which is death. We are called. The Bible says, thanks be to God who gives. Victory is something God gives you when you position yourself for it. Victory is something God 
gives you. That word victory means to prevail over or to overcome. Thanks be to God who gives us victories. God gives us victories. You know, before you became a Christian, you had to struggle to try and cope with life. But when you become a Christian, you have access to a life of God where God can give you a victory over something. The Bible says, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that victory he's talking here is the victory over sin. Sin creates immense problems in our life. The sin of others against us, our own sin, its result is it cuts us off from God. It ends up in eternal separation from God. But Jesus tasted it and he got a victory over it so you and I could have a similar victory. Now this has eternal consequences. Jesus said this, I was dead. He said, behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of hell and of death. He said, he entered into death for us. So no man here, no woman here needs to be afraid of dying. You need not be afraid of dying. Through the course of history, men have laid their life down for Christ, not afraid to die. Why? Because Jesus assured them of a better resurrection. Jesus assured them it does not end at death. Beyond death, there is an eternal, glorious life. You can't be threatened with death. I remember reading of a missionary, and uh, they put a gun to his head and said, you'll do what we want and renounce Christ, or we'll shoot you. And he said, you're threatening me with heaven? And they were shocked at the boldness he had in the face of, 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 of this kind of statement. You see, people live in fear of death. They fear death. They fear separation. We fear it in a whole lot of realms. People fear physical death. But Jesus entered and experienced physical death. Now he's alive forevermore. He says, I got the keys to hell and death. You come to me, have my life. You're assured of an eternal life. For the person who dies in Christ, it's glory. You're straight into heaven, straight into your reward. How could that be a bad thing? Wonderful. So we don't need to be afraid of the hour of death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So we don't have to. I've been in a, in a room where, where, where people have died and felt the presence of God come in and seen a person riddled with cancer that couldn't move. Sit up. Who's that? I can't see anything. I wish I could. I said, what do you see? What do you see? I, said, I can see a man. He's dressed in white and he's looking at me. I said, look angry or happy? I said, hey, he looks very happy. His eyes are full of love. So I think I must be the Lord. And then she just passed away. Just tremendous peace in her life. How could you be afraid of dying? Maybe there's other areas where death affects us. Wherever there's sin. See, people who have been abused get, get tremendous uh, destruction of sin of others into their life. And it creates all kinds of separation. But, you know, Jesus is able to come into that and bring us into a place of life. See, no matter what, you, you may have come from a background where the, the father abused the whole family. Friend, death came into you, but with Christ, life can come in. You don't have to stay there. You stay there because you choose to stay there. Or you can choose life in Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. It's not something you have to fight for. God will give it to you. When you receive Christ, it becomes possible for you in every situation to arise out of it and be a better person and have something to contribute to life. 
That's the most wonderful thing. Whatever your background has been, it does not determine your destiny. Your choices do, and God's plan lays it out. What is available for you? You must say, well, I had a terrible time and I was mistreated. Listen, Jesus tasted mistreatment, abuse, betrayal, uh, shame, uh, nakedness, pain, sorrow. Why? So you don't have to live there. You can have a victory over it. You can share in his victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He gives us the victory. We don't have to work hard like everyone else does for the victory. We can actually receive the life that gives us victory. Here's the second thing about God's plan for us to win. God's plan is he's called you to win over every adversity. Look at this. Romans 8 and verse 37. Now we'll give you the dynamics of how it happens in another session, but I just want you to get a solid grasp that no matter what life faces, whatever you face in life, God's plan is that you win. No matter where you've come from, no matter what racial background you've come from, no matter how hard your background life has been, no matter what sin has done and no matter what destruction has taken place in your life, God's plan is that you receive his life and come to a place of victory and dominion where representing him, you subdue this problem and you bring it under his control. Friend, one of the most powerful things you have, you were listening to it up on Matt just talking, he said the most powerful thing you have is your testimony. How God gave you a victory. How many know God gave him a victory over something in here today? Hey, see, in other words, you, and, and, and how many know that was sweet to get that victory? Oh, we were made for this sort of stuff. Hey? But someone else needs to hear what you got. So they can have hope that they can have a victory as well. Now look at this. We're also called to win out not only over sin, sin of others, our own sin, and the death and destruction it brings. We're also called to have victory over adversities. Look at this. Uh, verse 34 of Romans, uh, Romans 8. Now, who is this that condemns? Christ had died? No, he's risen again. He's at the right hand of God. He's praying for us, making intercession for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Now look at this. Shall tribulation or pressures, distresses, persecutions, famines, nakedness, perils or dangers or the sword? Verse 37. No, 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 no. He said, listen, whatever life dishes up to you, is it a famine? Is it persecution? Is it difficulty? Is it pressure? Is it adversity? Is it sorrow? Is it war? Whatever life dishes up to you. He says, are we overcome by these things? No. We are more than a conqueror. In other words, we absolutely and totally get the victory over those things through Christ. Notice, each time he says about the victory, it's always not by trying hard to be a better person. It's through Christ. It's through the life of another. It's not through my own life. Now listen, you can get heaps of motivational books which will tell you how to live a good life and they have great keys. Most of them come from the Bible. Things that work in life usually have a Bible foundation. And, uh, but secondly, you find in those books they will never acknowledge the source. They'll never acknowledge the Bible, never acknowledge God. It's always centers around the person themselves or the human themselves. It centers around man trying hard to improve man. But you notice biblical victory does not come that way. Biblical victory comes from the life of another, from believing, not trying, from, from not working, but actually believing and leaning on God and then acting out and confessing out what he says. Notice this, you're more than a conqueror. That word means, I love this, you totally vanquish your issues in life. How about that? Totally vanquish them. 
I love that. Vanquishing demons. Ooh. Totally vanquishing them. Totally beating them up and they're gone. And now there's a new life. There's a different kind of thing in front of you. Now, if you started to get that mentality, imagine how it would affect the way you carry on at school, the way you carry on in your workplace, the way we carry on in our community. If we were convinced absolutely, no matter what's out there, no matter how bad it is, no matter how difficult it is, we have got more than enough. Whatever you're facing, you have got more than enough in Christ. It's in Christ. It's through Him, through your relationship with Him, through dependency upon Him. That's why we're so strong in this church on your connecting with the Lord and building relationship. You can be a churchgoer and absolutely defeated. You have the form of God, but not the power. You have an outward form. Well, I go to church, I read my Bible, say a little prayer, but have nothing of the power to overcome and prevail in life. It comes, there's no substitute. It comes by a living connection with Jesus Christ. It is a power that's real. It actually gives you the victory. Notice this, he said, all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm persuaded neither death nor life, angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come, height, depth, any creature is able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing can get you away from God loving you. What about your failure? But pastor, I fail. Friends, your failure doesn't need to cut you off from God. You've got to choose to believe what the Bible says and let the life of God prevail over your failure. Hallelujah. See, this is, this is Bible stuff. Eh? More than a conqueror. Yeah, whatever situation you can win. Why? You're designed to win. Notice in Philippians 4.13. And Paul is talking, said, I can go through some troubles. I have a lot. I can be abound. I've got plenty. I can be abased. I've got nothing. He says, but he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he says, whatever situation I face in life, notice what he says, I can do all things. Whatever God wants me to do. If you've got to stand up to someone who's being nasty, you can do it. Don't say you can't do it. Someone's given you a hard time. You can stand up to that. You don't have to be crushed under that. People are giving you a bad time at school. You can cope with that. You've got it through Christ who will put strength into you. That word strengthen means to put power into you that enables you to have dominion. It is the Lord himself who gives you what you need to get the victory. That's why we have to have a Christ-centered life. It's not about we can do things better and we can be great people or something like that. It's actually about Christ living his life through me, that he becomes famous in our lives. You say amen to that. Come on. Want to be praising what God. So God wants you to be a can-do person. Whatever God calls you to do, you can do it. You need to start to say that. I can do it. Interesting, you know. A lot of people say, I can't. Even the sound of that puts me off. I can't. There's sort of an atmosphere coming this way. Clouds, I can feel them now. Clouds of depression and despair. I can't. I can't. You see, little kids get like that. I can't. You know, it's sort of, there's a negative thing coming our way when you hear that, isn't it? I don't like that because that's not Bible and that's not what God wants to be coming out of your mouth. He wants you to have a confession like this. Whatever God's called me to do, I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. Friend, the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 13, God said, listen, I got some promises out there for you. And one group of people stood up and said, we're well able, we can do it, God's with us. The other group of people said, oh, too big a problem, we're too small, we can't do it. And what they said is what they got. 
We're going to learn that one of the ways of releasing the power of God is by speaking in agreement with what God says. That's why we need to start to talk differently. need to start to talk with an attitude, I can do whatever God wants me to do. I don't know about you, but I can do it. God strengthens me. Fills me with something. See? Now where does that come? The Bible says in, in Ephesians 3 verse 16, it says, Paul's prayer for us, that God may strengthen you with might or dunamis or power. Where? In your head? In your body? No, in your spirit, your inner man. So we see God's designed us to win. God's given us a mandate to win. We see we're called to win over sin and death wherever it occurs in our life. We're called to win over every adversity, and the key is through Christ. Notice here, each of those verses, through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ. In other words, that word through means Christ is the channel through which the ability to do this comes. If you are not arising to face head on the challenges of life, it's probably because you haven't understood how to receive from the Lord what you need to handle it. It's we're still used to doing it on our own. Got a little bit of Jesus added on, but not enough to actually empower us to live a life that conquers a life of victory. And God wants us to have that life of victory. It's Christ who strengthens us. Notice, it's not by trying hard, it's by receiving the life of another. Let's look at that verse and then we'll finish with that last verse. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. There it is. Fantastic. I love this verse. Paul's prayer. That God may strengthen you, verse 16, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inward man. God wants you, that word means to have dominion. He wants you to arise from within. That's where the battles are won. Where is fear? It's within. Where is poverty? First within, then without. Where is, uh, uh, where is sin? It's within. Where are negativity? Where's negativity? It's within. The battles of life are fought within. So God says, Paul prays this, he said, May God strengthen you with the prevailing ability, whereabouts, in your spirit. Why do you think we sing strong songs? Why do we speak in tongues? Why do we speak the word of God? Why do we do these things? It's because our inner man must be strengthened so you have ability to prevail over a primarily negative, anti-gospel, anti-Christian culture. How can you arise against it unless Christ gives you the victory? And how can he give you the victory unless we connect with him? Listen, that verse makes it very clear. The key to dominion is receiving the life of Christ. The key to getting up and beginning to represent him and get victory is that I learn to receive it. And the Bible tells us where it comes. Second thing is, it comes into my spirit and is released through my spirit. If you don't develop your inward man, your heart and your spirit, you will never have what it takes. You'll be crushed continually. That's why we need to get through some of these uh, training things we have where you learn about spirit life, where you, where you get delivered of demons that crush you and get involved in re being restored in your soul. So you begin to then cultivate a life which is strong internally. See, if you're not strong within from Christ then you'll just be like everyone else. You'll just try hard and feel condemned because you failed. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to win the victory. 
So number one, it's God's plan for you to have the victory. You've been designed for it. Number two, he's mandated you to have a victory. He wants you to get victory whatever you face. Family situation, you can have the victory in that. A personal habit, you can get the victory in that. Don't say you can't. God's designed you to be a winner. But you've got to draw on the life of Christ. The key of that is an impartation into our inner man. Friend, we need to realize that God is stirring us to, have a, to make a difference. He's stirring you to start to believe your life could count for something. That you could actually not live in continued defeat, continued condemnation, but actually realize I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The Spirit of God is within me. I can make a difference in the environment I'm in. That's the kind of spirit you want around your life. It's called a spirit of faith. A spirit that believes if God says that about me, I believe it too. If God says, I'm accepted, I'm accepted. If God says, I can do it, I can do it. I will believe what God says instead of believing my doubts and my fears and my negativity. Let me just finish with one last reference. In Nehemiah 2, it says, when they tried to build something for God, the enemy came against them. And this is what the enemy did. The enemy laughed at them. Who do you think you are? Accused them. And had an attitude of despising them. Friend, that's where a lot of people live. Feeling condemned, accused, nothing. But that's not God's plan. So the Bible says, Nehemiah arose and made three extremely powerful statements. The word Nehemiah means comfort of God. It means the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit arose and he tells us how to answer. Number one, our God will help us and make us go forward. You need to have that as a confession. God is prospering me. God helps me go forward. It's not my being smart, by being able of any kind. It is God helps me. He's my source. Number two, he said, we are his servants. We belong to the living God. That's who we are. You're not messing with anyone. You're messing with the living God and those who represent him. That's dominion attitude. He said, and as for you, you'll have no place right any area of access to our lives. You notice within there, you see the dominion life. Understanding that God can do whatever he sets out to do. The two, we're on his side and we represent him. Therefore, whatever God called us to do, we can do it. But number three, you've got to stand up and have an attitude against the attacks of the devil in your soul that tell you, you can't do that. You're nothing. If you hold those thoughts and those beliefs in your heart and soul, it will hinder the overcoming life of Christ flowing out from you. And so, as we look at this area of being made for dominion, we're going to be looking at dealing with the inward life. God wants you to have dominion over sin, over habits, over thoughts, to handle your emotions, and then wants to begin to show you how to actually influence the atmosphere and the environment around you. Don't say you can't do it. You're called to do it. You're made to do it. Every one of us inside is made to win in life. Now, we look in the Bible and you say, well, listen, I look at some of the people and it didn't look like they did too good, you know. Paul got his head chopped off, you know. Did he win in life? Yes, he did. Paul and Silas got beaten up. Did they win? Yes, they did. Because when they got beaten up, they stood up and said, well, praise God. And God's power was released for a miracle. He said, what about Isaiah? He got sawn in half. Yes, but he refused to be afraid of death. And he held a faith in Christ right till the very end. He looked death in the eye and he walked into glory. See, sometimes 
The situations we go through, it doesn't look like we've won. But friend, when your attitude is one of faith and confidence in God, you will walk out the other side, your head held high, knowing I've done what God called me to do. Did Jesus win when he went to the cross? It didn't look like it, but three days later, everyone knew it did. Did Peter win when he fell into, the, into sin and failure? No, it didn't look like it, but a little while later, 3,000 are saved under his ministry. It's the life of Christ entering into an ordinary person that makes them do extraordinary things. You are called for that. Father, we just thank you. You've called every one of us to arise and to have impact in the culture, the area that we live in. Help us, Lord, to obtain in a greater measure the prevailing life of Christ and to learn how to release it into the environment around us through words, attitudes, and actions that express the Word of God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Just close your eyes for a moment. Is there any person here today and you've never made the first step to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'd love to give you an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ. Just quickly put your hand up today if you're in the congregation and you've decided, I want to become a Christian, I want to become joined to Jesus Christ and receive His life today. If you're without Christ, you are without the life of God, you're without hope, you're without an eternity with God, but an eternity separated from Him. Terrible prospect. And one decision is what Jesus said to everyone who received him. Everyone, no exceptions, who believed on him, trusted in him. He gave them power to become a child of God. That could be your experience today. But it requires you make a decision that I will respond to Christ. Right now, if you're not a Christian, you are trapped in sin and its consequences of being separated. One decision starts you on the journey to a life that wins. A life in Christ. Is there any person here say, I want to become a Christian? Quickly just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a Christian today. Anyone here today, just put your hand up. Say, that's me. I feel God. I feel empty inside. There's something missing in my life. I need Christ. I need Christ. I need Christ. There's something missing. The one that's missing is Jesus Christ. That's what's missing out of your life. You may go to church, but if you've never made a commitment personally to Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian. You say, well, I grew up in a church. No, 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 no. That doesn't make you a Christian. It requires a personal response to everyone who received and believed. A decision to receive him, a decision to trust your life into his hands. Is there anyone here? Just last opportunity now. Just raise your hand. I wonder how many people today you felt in your heart God really challenged you because you're living in a place of defeat, maybe a habit, maybe you're of sin, maybe an area where you've just bowed down under adversity. And you felt today, I've just allowed this to be there. And God never wanted me to just let go and come under it all. I need to connect with the Lord in a deeper and a new way. If you felt God talking to you that way, just quickly put your hand up. God bless. God bless. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for people responding, Lord, and part grace into their life through faith that they might arise and be strengthened to serve you. Everyone said, Amen. Tell someone next to you, you are made for dominion. Made for dominion.